1: Well, how's it going? And welcome to the Como Sports End Zone Podcast. I'm Nico Tamari, the Como Sports Director, along with Producer Extraordinaire and my awesome co-host Najee Moye. What's up, Najee?
0: Nico, you're so nice when you say Producer Extraordinaire, first of all. But, you know, I think I do okay. How, how's it going tonight? How are you feeling?
1: I'm feeling all right. You know, it's it's that time of year we got a lot of cool stuff going on. This is one of those things that it's like, this is why you do sports in Seattle. Obviously, the Mariners in the home stretch. You've got the Seahawks. You know, winning a couple in a row, maybe three in a row, and we're going to talk about that a lot tonight. Yeah. Um, you know, you look at just other things going on as well. Sounders with a rebranding. That's so freaking cool.
0: I was the be- It's probably the highlight. I know the Mariners are in the middle of a playoff push, and you got a bunch of great football games happening this weekend. But let's shout out to the Sounders for getting a logo right, first of all. Amazing. A redesign. And if anyone can get me one of those hats with a <laughs> little orca on it. Oh my gosh!
1: That might be like one of my favorite <laughs> logos in all of sports. Like is Part it great? of the Kraken, yeah. But like yeah. that, and I love orcas, right? Right. Of course. I mean,
0: who who in the Pacific
1: Northwest doesn't like orcas? Yeah. First of
0: all? Yeah. But no, with the with the orca on the green hat, absolutely perfect.
1: Absolutely. I saw perfect. somebody wearing that at the Mariners game recently. Already? Yeah. I'm like, wow, you like really pounced on that. Yeah. Well,
0: hey, I don't blame them.
1: I don't blame them either. I don't blame them. It's, it's
0: a good it's a good look. The logo's great. The wave is back. Yeah. The wave is back. You know, it's, you know incorporating the Seattle's uh space needle in the logo in a in a more artsy type way. Yeah. You can't see my hand. I did a I did a <laughs> I did an artsy thing pretty just soon. then. Pretty we'll soon. Yes. Yeah, we'll see it. We'll yeah, see. It. Yeah, yeah, we're
1: going to expand things here. We'll talk more about that next You'll week. You'll see how pretty faces seen who yeah seen a little bit. And, and and the audience will drop significantly. Oh, no,
0: uh, well, you know, it, it may shift, you know. <laughs> but, you know, we I think the numbers will be p- the same or better.
1: There you go. I like it. Yes. So, hey, um and on top of that, we've got an NBA preseason. Game. We talked about that a little bit. Like, there's just so many the rain different Siden things. Classic, right. So many different things. Oh, all well, rain in the home stretch. Megan Rapinoe's last games. I mean, that's history. And yeah. you know, you just think about everything we listed off, and that's all in the specter of like the next couple of weeks. The Kraken starting in the new season. Um, you know, it's just that's October 10th, the opener at Vegas. Y- you think about how many things are going on at once, and it's just really like there's something for every fan. And obviously you want every team to win. That's like that's silly to say otherwise. But it's one of those things where this is a genuine reminder of how awesome the scene of sports is in, in Seattle. There's just so many different teams, so many very different good teams. And it's all going on at once.
0: It's all going on at once. You know, ignore the rain. And I mean, we we talked about this. Or, oh, no, the rain, the weather. The rain, yes. the, the weather. I was like, yes. Why are you no, 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 no. We love the rain, but no, ignore the weather. Okay, you know, fall happened all at once. Okay. Yeah. And because fall happened all at once, we're in the into the thick of it, into the thick of the entire sports landscape of Seattle, of Seattle just like running on a high on on high octane, high, high fumes, high octane. Eight octane.
1: I'll go octane. Ahead.
0: Yes, ninety three octane. I mean, we're pumping, baby. We're pumping. So we got a lot of things happening this weekend. Um... I don't want to start off with the Huskies, but we actually let's start with the Huskies, yeah.
1: Because we left him off that list a minute ago, and that was just an innocent omission. Because Michael Penix Jr., if he stays on this track, should win the Heisman Trophy.
0: I am not a betting man, naturally, but I have always said that Michael Penix will win the Heisman either last year or this year. I mean, he just put the offensive, like, the numbers are staggering. The numbers are staggering as long as they keep winning games. I mean, yes, we saw what happened, you know, against Cal. Last week, and we saw that UW did give up a little bit more points than they kind of wanted to. But that doesn't matter when you're, you know, have 700 yards of offense a night, you know? Yeah. No.
1: I mean, and you think about one of the things I love about Penix, and I think that it really jumps out more when you watch him in person. I mean, the guy, he just has this effortless, effortless throw, that beautiful left handed throw. And yep. sometimes people don't like lefties, but this is just. What is that? By the way, he threw an excellent pitch at that Mariners game. Yeah. First pitch, I mean. Sign him. I mean, it was just, like, effortless down the middle, just like his football passes are. And, yes, he's got incredibly talented receivers, you know, McMillan, Roma Dunze, Jalen Polk. But those guys – and they make incredible catches. But when he wants to and when he needs to, the ball is just in the only place where his guy can get it. It's just – It's one of the most beautiful things I've seen on a football field. Not to be dramatic about it. Nico's
0: actually borderline in tears right now. (laughs) He's literally watering right now. No, and I don't know why there's so much kind of like. Slight hate. There's rarity, I guess, on being a left-handed quarterback. Why? What? What is I don't that? Know? Maybe you know? just
1: because it's unorthodox or not normal. It's supposedly, not, it's hard to watch on TV. But I don't know what it is. I mean, I don't have a problem. I mean, I I look back when I was a kid, Steve Young playing, or yeah, Michael guys, Vick. You know? Michael Vick. I yeah, mean, guy was one of the. I mean, he was just incredible to watch. Right. And I just, I, yeah, it, it's just something people, you know, are averse to change. Sometimes I suppose, or anything different than what they're used to. But I'll say this: you know, you speak, we're talking about a guy like Michael Vick. You know, he had a cannon of an arm. Yeah. Penix may not be, and certainly as mobile as a guy like Vic, who was just on a different world. But Penix uh, throws a, d- a better ball than Vic did, even in his prime, I think. Like, when I say better ball, it's a lot more accurate. Like, oh. Mike had a, a, a cannon, obviously. Yeah, you it goes 75
0: saying? yards northwest. But yeah, the, so I'm not the, <laughs> talking about, like, yeah.
1: in a throwing for yardage contest. I'm talking about within the, the the moment of the game. And this is not a knock on Vic. It's a compliment to Penix.
0: Right. Is there any current NFL player that you can compare to Michael Penix Jr.? right now. Since we're talking about Heisen, we're talking about, I mean, I mentioned the draft kind of lightly last episode. If you guys were listening, hopefully you were. But, you know, I mean, is there anyone that like kind of, because Michael Penning Jr. is a big guy. Yeah. He's a big guy. He's got a big arm, you know, and he can command offense. I think about, and you guys know I'm a New York Giants fan, whatever, but I think about Donovan McNabb. Sure. Yeah. Just like, just a big guy, just like a hoss. Yeah, I can see the comparison. Just like, Yeet the ball,
1: you know, 75 yards
0: on the field in a, in a very accurate way and can also move a bit.
1: Uh, he reminds me a little bit of Geno. Yeah. The current iteration of Geno we see with the Seahawks.
0: Not Jets, Geno. No,
1: no. <laughs> From a standpoint that he's very cerebral out there for all these talents he's got, the physical attributes, like you mentioned, and, and being able to throw the ball the way he can, um, that's special. But he also, he, doesn't, he does not make bad decisions. Right. And what's made Geno Smith so successful, we're going to talk about this at length soon is he doesn't really turn the ball. Of course, there's an the occasional turnover. We saw one Sunday. But he's not making silly mistakes out there like you see a lot of guys do. Right. If there's a mistake, there's something that happened that caused it. Like the other team made a big play yeah. or something. a ball got tipped or whatever it is. Um, he reminds me of that in that regard, a very cerebral, very intelligent, very smart quarterback that when the game's on the line, isn't going to get too high, isn't going to get too low, whatever the situation is. And I'm going to trust to the fullest to lead my team down for the win.
0: You know, again, if you were listening last week, I made kind of a half pitch about the Seahawks drafting him, uh, drafting Michael Panics Jr. Yeah, this right. year. You know what I mean? And, be and you compared him to Geno Smith. I mean, I only kind of, I'm just saying, my crystal ball, you know, things are happening in my mind. Slightly we'll legit. i going to play this whatever. back when that happens. Hey, and I want to be the first one with the jersey, too.
1: <laughs> I would buy that jersey.
0: I'd buy that jersey one hundred percent. Looking at the schedule, you mentioned, you know, who has the Huskies played lately? Well, honestly, truthfully, not many people. Sure. Um, but in this weekend, they got Arizona, who is three and one, by the way. Yeah. Um, and you know, they're not ranked. They, which we love about Arizona, they're on the up and up. And but, and you should never look ahead. Of, you know, over the team that you're playing this week, but the week after. I'm sorry, not the week after, but on the 14th, they've got Oregon.
1: And that's a big game. It's to be a national audience. National audience, yeah. Yeah, and I think that that'll be the first big-time test. Going on the road at Michigan State was nice to, to win the way they did. Yeah. But that's a Michigan State team that isn't the The team we saw a few years ago. No. and It's that, not K-9's team. And they're going through all the turmoil. No, it's not K-9's team. They're going no. through all sorts of turmoil right now. So that was a little bit different. Yeah. But the Oregon game, you know, it's interesting. There's so much... You know, knocks on the Pac-12, and um, it's just amazing to me that the league with I suppose seven now ranked teams, but it was eight, is the one that's going out of business. I mean, this is a legitimate and good league, and it's amazing that you know you play out these out of conference games, the toughest tests for any of these ranked Pac-12 teams are coming in league play. Yeah, I mean, you Washington, saw, Oregon, USC, I'll, and the dogs. You saw it
0: last week with the Cougs and um, and the Beavers. That, that was a great game. game. That was yeah. a great game. You know, and the Cougs are off this week,
1: but. And they've got
0: UCLA in two weeks after that. But, no, I mean, the league is just – it's un—it's sad. It's great to see yeah. everyone competing at the highest level. But it is kind of sad to see that this is, you know, the last time – you know, it's like senior year in high school a bit. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You, know, you guys are all doing oh. well, you know, and you're just kind of like, all right, but, you know, we're all going off to college soon and
1: military or whatever and just kind of
0: like this might be it.
1: And it makes me so mad too because it's a good league, obviously. Yeah. The best and in the country. About, I think this was all about TV money, yeah. obviously, and it all started with you know ESPN making a power play in 2021, getting Texas and Oklahoma to join the SEC. And from a competitive standpoint, this makes little sense for Texas and Oklahoma. They went from being the top dogs of a Power Five league to probably being somewhere in the middle, Mid. to maybe upper echelon of the best conference in football.
0: Texas is hot this year, but compared comparatively, yeah, I think
1: they're a little overrated too, though. Fair. Pair. The Huskies beat them in the true. Alamo Bowl. That's and it true. wasn't even close, really. Yeah. I right. mean, it was close, but it, it wasn't a blowout. But it wasn't like you were on the edge of your seat. Dogs would beat them once again. Yeah. Line them up. Line them up? Line them up.
0: Book it. Y'all dogs, heard that?
1: Dogs by 10.
0: Dogs by 10. Over Texas. I can see that. Without a doubt. I can see that.
1: Without a doubt. And so I, I, I'm, I'm not buying that. I mean, I think they're, they're obviously a good team. Like I'm not saying they, they stink or something like that. Right. But, you know, they made that move at the behest, it seems, of the TV networks because again you had one of the easier roads to the college football playoff and especially for those two schools out of the Big 12 yet you're going to the SEC where even in an expanded playoff it's going to be you're going to be in a good year yeah 8 and 4 something like that yeah in 4 i mean nine that, in 3 and was, well
0: in an expanded playoff though th- you don't want that no, no no and no. so
1: and then, so Fox has to counter, right? Because right. that's the battle. And then, you know, lo and behold, they're you know Big Ten's kind of their network, whereas the SEC is kind of the ESPN thing, right. right? And so then USC and UCLA go to the Big Ten, and that just started everything. You're, I yeah.
0: specifically blamed USC for this. Sure. Yeah, I mean, because I mean Texas and Oklahoma. Y- you mentioned that. I mean, going to the, going from the Big Ten to the or Big Twelve to the SEC is like a you know a big just drop. It's it's a hard thing for them to do, geographically. For the for the student athletes, USC and UCLA playing Rutgers, <laughs> I feel bad for the basketball players. I feel bad for the you know the swimming team and you know and then the road team. All those teams that are just going back and forth doing multiple it's things. I, I just I just can't.
1: And I, I have can't. two thoughts to that. You know that, buddy, is that at least Texas and Oklahoma geographically it's makes not sense awful in the right. SEC. Like yeah. it really does make sense. I mean, Texas A and M is already in the SEC. Sure. Missouri is already there, and they you know. I gotta look at my map. Yeah, does that border Oklahoma? Kind of borders Oklahoma. I think it does. We're it's not true. geography majors, but you know. Well, we have a map in here. It's just kind of far away
0: from. It's the just area. very far. It's behind a bunch of computers. <laughs> yeah. Um. You can't even see the side. But of. I
1: think eventually, and Jake Dickert, the Washington State head coach, has, has said this, that eventually, and I think a lot of people have really repeated it, football is going to have to be its own division. Yeah. Where the, almost like an NFL light, where the travel doesn't matter, and, and because it is you know it's 12 games a year you're going to play six or seven at home so you you basically boil that down to not counting any kind of postseason conference or couch football playoff or bowl game you're essentially traveling five maybe six weeks out of the year and you know if you're Washington for example almost assuredly three of those are going to be like Oregon USC UCLA and so that leaves three trips and that you know it could be Nebraska and Iowa that isn't quite Rutgers or something like that right but you're it could As be. you mentioned, your basketball teams and and the Olympic sports, they have to play all each other. And yeah. they're not on the private charter flight. They're flying nope. with me and you and coach.
0: Well, they're flying with you and coach. <laughs> <laughs> I always pay extra for first class really? no matter what. I am sp- I flew I flew I got bumped up first class once. Yep. Ruined coach for me, <laughs> ruined coach for me. I should
1: do that more because sometimes the coach experience is just brutal. It's like
0: that Seinfeld episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> more everything, you know. But no, I, I, I just unfortunately because these, these student athletes, I mean, you're traveling for a sport, but I mean, it becomes it's work, but it's a different kind of work now. Yeah, it's unfortunate.
1: Yeah, no, no question, it is, and I think that, yeah. It is unfortunate, and it, it's something we got to enjoy this last year. Yeah. Before things make very little sense. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not going to make much sense going forward.
0: Right. So let's talk really quickly Huskies and Wildcats. round. That was a Huskies wow. are, <laughs> I believe, for the Wildcats. they're
1: a significant favorite.
0: Yeah. Uh, three touchdowns,
1: right? No, is it, no, it's like 18. I, I, don't,
0: I don't know the exact number, but it's not very. It's not. Close. An, I mean, would,
1: I would go with it, even though Arizona's good. Dogs just put up a lot of points. Right. Um, they really don't like Jaden DeLora, their quarterback. Remember he was with the Cougs and right. he planted the flag at midfield? Yeah, oh. People don't forget that.
0: That's true. Yeah. In the desert, I forgot And about that.
1: last year, you know, I mean, Jaden played well against them. It was the Cougs that actually beat up uh, DeLora in that game. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I like the Dogs to win big in that game. Um, and 4-0. 4-0? Or 5-0. Yeah. It'd be, it would be 5-0. Yeah, 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 5-0. But, I, I was mixing up that with the Seahawks. And um, then you go into the bye week, you heal up. Showdown with Oregon, baby. Do Bring not up. look ahead towards Oregon. That's a trap.
0: Because teams like Arizona will just reach up and punch you in the throat, just not even thinking about it. without you just if you're looking ahead at, you know, the big matchup obviously is against Oregon. But I mean like every and obviously this you know, the head coach and the leadership is just so strong, you know, in that yeah. locker room. So we're not looking ahead. I, I think we'll be I honestly I think three touchdowns is reasonable. Yeah, I'm going to go no. like 42-21. Wow. You know, the Huskies has, let's see, 59 points, 41 points, 43 points, 56 points. Yeah. I mean, playing against, you know, Boise State, Tus- uh, Tulsa, Michigan State, and Cal. But, you know, how's Arizona not much different?
1: Yeah, they're not right. much different. No, exactly. Not. No, it's that second half of the schedule, you know. We get spicy. The Utes and USC and Oregon. Yeah, and that's and, and the Kooks.
0: And then you mentioned USC. That's one game that everyone's gonna be watching this week. And you know, Colorado goes out to USC. That yeah. is gonna be. That's gonna be.
1: Colorado is still without Travis Hunter. That's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough. But I think they're better than what we saw last week.
0: I think so too. I I just think. This year, with that this this Colorado, it's not an experiment. This is the real deal. Yeah, I shouldn't, but I I do think that this first year is going to be kind of like a a learning process. Yeah. for Colorado, but USC Colorado is the game of the weekend. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, it they just went is. from
1: one wins to one win to probably like eight or nine this year, and that's a huge yeah compliment to Prime, and I think they'll be even better next year. Definitely um, going to a league that, quite frankly in the Big 12 that's going to be easier than the one they're in right now in the Pac 12.
0: I think so. Yeah, I mean and you let's see is Texas and Oklahoma are they going, to, going to be They're going to be gone. Yeah. So I mean really it's the Big 12 is theirs for the taking. I can't it think of anyone else. Is. Yeah. So
1: So and that that's, you know that Dan Lanning stuff with Oregon like remember he said this is before any of the stuff, you know, like he was saying in the summer he's like what has Colorado done lately? Like, well, I, it still amazes me that they were the domino that reignited this whole conference stuff this summer by going to the Big 12. Yeah. Like remember when they were like the big, I think we've talked about this. The Big 12 was like, we have released a statement regarding the University of Colorado, and they like quoted MJ. I'm, they're back. They're back. And I'm like, this is so stupid. Yeah. Like they've been, not even mid. They've been terrible. Sub mid for, for like 10 years. And granted, Coach Prime's already got him back, and they'll be getting ev- you know better every week.
0: At but least excited. But in that
1: moment, I'm like, right. what, what is going? On? Why is this the program?
0: Why is Colorado the one?
1: The one that's starting the new role of Dominoes. You
0: know, I you know, and say what you want about Coach Prime. This season is already a success for them. Oh gosh. Gotcha. Already. I mean, just the money, the 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 attention that they're getting in Colorado is just kinda in Boulder, just like it's it's unheard of.
1: Yeah.
0: As a turnaround and they're winning games. Hopefully not too many. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right?
1: Yeah. So I like Dogs, three touchdowns, undefeated, big time showdown with Oregon on like that's gonna be fun.
0: Yeah, that would be fun. I'm trying to get tickets.
1: Yeah, yeah, nice good see. tickets. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, good tickets. You uh wanna talk cox?
0: <sighs>
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, listen, you—you're our Giants expert. What—what what are 12s gonna look for in this game? What—what what do we gotta watch for?
0: Um, what do you have to look forward to? Well, unfortunately, you'll know that the Giants have the hardest schedule in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, you had. One thing that the Hawks need to prepare for is a lot of blitzing. Wink Martindale likes to send the house into Geno Smith's face, any quarterback. But also, you have to realize that the Giants are not, like, the best tackling team in the world. We saw that when they played against the the Niners, and, you know, the game was competitive at first, and they kind of got away from the Giants, you know. This is the type of game, and I mentioned last week, let's, let's go back really quick. I mentioned last week the Panther game for the Seahawks. Yeah. And we I mentioned I i was under the impression that Bryce Young was playing. He's not. But Hugh, he, he didn't. But – and I called it a trap game. Sure. And it almost was. The first half was very trappy. Yeah. The first half was very trappy. And I, I think that this week the Hawks – this Monday night the Hawks are going to have the same type of – maybe not the same type of issues because just like the Panthers, the Giants are a team that will fight hard. They yeah. will fight hard. They're a spicy team. They're very feisty. Um, they're kind of like the Seahawks a lot of ways. I think the Seahawks are a better team right now, especially unless, at least a lot more of a complete team right now. Better offense right now, one hundred percent. And I'll end my, my spiel there. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot to take in there, you know. I'm I'm kind of a little, yeah, I don't know, halfway. Excited for this game. Ex- super excited for this game from both sides. But, I mean, also halfway nervous.
1: <laughs> I understand that. Yeah. Uh, one thing the Seahawks were praising most of the week, you know, whether it was Pete Carroll or the uh, DK Metcalf was talking about it too, was the defensive front. He mentioned week Martindale down the blitzing. Yeah. But, uh, you know, he talked about how they have really good defensive ends. Thibodeau comes to mind. Big guys up the middle. From that Oregon. Really, yeah, yeah. You know, big guys up the middle that can really um, – Generate a pass pass rush, and I think that there's there's merit there because um, the Seahawks got the run game going against the Panthers. Yeah, um, the offensive line was about as beat up as it can be in that game, and it got going. Sure. Um, yet the Giants' D line does appear to be a little bit stronger than the Panthers. Yeah. And there's you know we'll we'll see what happens right there, but you know Pete Carroll wants to run the ball, right? And can they do it? Like they did last week with 140 some odd yards between Charbonnet and K nine, or are we going to kind of revert back to what happened against the Rams and to a lesser extent against the Lions? And and this to me is the real test because of the talent on that Giants defensive front.
0: Yeah, I I do believe that you know Dexter Lawrence is a large human being at the <laughs> beginning of that in the middle of that defensive front. Um, I was at the the Giants Seahawks game last year, and let me tell you. What we saw was a lot of passing from Geno Smith, sure, down the field, and and that's what the Giants of some is one of the weaker teams in the league. Just like just the, the secondary is just not really quite there yet. Yeah, and and that's it's early, but the secondary is not quite there. So you you're like, are we going to see a lot of running? Well, maybe at first, but I would expect a lot of play action passes. I see Tyler Lock in the end zone quite a bit.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, Pete Carroll was very complimentary of Daniel Jones, um, yeah. like he he. Specifically highlighted how the Giants use him in running situations more than you might expect. Yeah, uh, give us a take on that.
0: I just the thing about Daniel Jones, he's one of the secretly most fastest, one of the fastest guys in the league. At least at the quarterback position, I can tell you that much. And he doesn't really look like it. He, de- he definitely he doesn't, de- he look, doesn't look, like look like it. But and I remember watching the the the, um, the 49ers game, and I mean just in the camera. <laughs> on Amazon prime zoomed on his face nice. and you can just see his eyes kind of zero one zero one zero one looking just like uh, looking kind of panicked you know but and, and it's that kind of like and it looks frantic it comes off very smooth you know mm-hmm. um you'll see a lot of maybe uh read options you'll see a lot of just like straight up quarterback just draws you know um, you'll see him a lot of just rollouts into like some space, and he'll have an option where he can throw or he can just run. You know, um, one the problem—not the problem—but the, problem, the one thing to look out for is if Saquon Barkley is healthy. Sure, um, he has a high ankle sprain. He had it, and he didn't play on Thursday night this past Thursday night, and he is – the offense becomes a lot more dangerous when you have Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones back there because when you have the option to either hand out to Saquon Barkley or Daniel Jones, who can also run like a 4-5, you know, yeah. at, the, at the same time doesn't look like it, but he's very fast. <laughs> <laughs> um, and suddenly you realize that he's like halfway down the field, you know. So yeah. – but the thing is, if you don't have Saquon Barkley, I think Pete Carroll will just maybe hone in on maybe Daniel Jones being the the running threat, Uh, for the Giants Matt Breida great running back not Saquon Barkley though
1: I think that too the big thing with that is how healthy Saquon is yeah you're not so much I mean Giants aren't going to risk his health that's not what I'm saying right but is he the normal Saquon Barkley that um, is going to strike fear in a defense is he is he just getting back and I think that's a question you don't know (sighs) until and if that first snap occurs
0: yeah I just you know it was a it was an ankle injury, I believe it's a high ankle sprain. It was about three weeks ago and there was or about last week and they were saying he was out for three weeks, you know. Well, you know, Coach Dable's like, Well, he's a he's a fast healer. What does that even mean? First of all. Right, right. Yeah. And and there was questions that like he could have played against San Francisco, and I'm happy that he didn't because I don't know how much he would have done to help them win or not. You know, San, sure. Francisco, San Francisco very well might win the Super Bowl this year.
1: They looked really good. They looked really
0: good. So and I'm happy that we didn't lose by seventy on like some other teams. <clears throat> <laughs> I but love that. It's it's true. Um I, I do think we're going we'll see a great game, Monday night football in New Jersey, you know, coming fresh off of the uh Jets Sunday night football game, which we might have a special visitor in MetLife for that game. So maybe the Swifty energy will hang out for the Giant Seahawks, who knows? But I think it'll be a fun game. I think it'll be a lot. I think there'll be more defense than I'm maybe kind of bringing up we're talking a lot about offense here but i i do think we'll see some sacks because the giants offensive line just like the seahawks offensive line is for lack of a better term um makeshift
1: yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, I found it interesting today, by the way. We were talking about Michael Vick earlier. Yeah. Um, DK Metcalf actually mat- mentioned him in his press conference early in the week and said, uh, Gino tries to imitate him when he runs. Sometimes. He tries to, really. <laughs> He's kind of like, joking around. Like Also, they talked about how it's Tyler Lockett's birthday. It was early this Oh, year, yeah? So happy birthday to happy Tyler. Happy birthday? Lockett. Shares the same birthday as Steve Largent. Really? How like, about that? And they were both born in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Really? Is that not like meant to be? Shout to Libra season. Yeah. Yeah, right? there you go. So I didn't know that. Uh, happy birthday to them. Yeah. And another storyline that came came up is, you know, not just the idea of playing in a big city like New York and Monday Night Football, everybody's watching. you. Yeah. A lot of attention. A lot of attention. But this is, you know, this is where Geno Smith started. That's true. But he was with the Jets. And then, of course, when, you know, that brief stint with the Giants. And yeah. Pete Carroll said he actually talked to him about it. Really? Um, is this his like, first time back? Uh, back there, yes. Because yeah. the Jets and Giants both came here sure. last year. Right. And, you know, he's like, Geno will be fine. But. It was interesting to me that, and Pete said, it's like, oh, it's a long time ago, but it's so interesting to me that he felt the need to talk to Gino about it. And yes, he comes away completely and utterly reassured. Gino's fine. He's, he said, I think he will be too, but I just found it interesting that he felt that urge to like say, hey, I will talk about it. Pete even joked. He's like, "Hey, I'm going back there too," because he he used you know, to play. He he's used to coach the Jets. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, obviously, you know that was in the early '90s. He's gone back many times, and that's
0: in the, the stadium that Pete used to coach in, and, is and no he won a Super Bowl there. Yes, <laughs> that's, that's true. That's what I'm saying. That's so, true. Like,
1: he, those little he joked about that, and I love Pete Carroll, and he did, but it's it's obviously different for Gino, having gone through what he did there. Neither experience it was entirely pleasant. Jets and Giants, and it, now he's going back as like the man
0: yeah the man and it wasn't a pleasant experience at all for you yeah. he got a raw deal i believe in, in the, i mean anyone who got drafted by the jets at that I, point was not gonna i mean I, as a quarterback was not gonna get the proper attention time you know support that he would that and, and it's unfortunate but you know Time happens, and you know you end up in good places. And Seattle's a great place to be.
1: I have a strong opinion about rookie quarterbacks being rushed into the fire like that. Ooh, go for it! I think that it's. We have a couple this year. I think that so many quarterbacks get ruined by this. Right now, I'm not going to stand here and say like, you know what? That Zach Wilson's career got ruined by this. Maybe it did. Right. But the more we see him, I mean, here's my thing: there was a time, and I understand it. You're like using a number one pick. You're going to start. You got to start this guy. I'm not knocking. That logic. I'm just saying a lot of these young quarterbacks would be a heck of a lot better and actually make it as legitimate stars if they were given a chance. I think that part of the reason Geno Smith is thriving right now isn't just because he's in a, g- a really good system for him, which he is. It's the notion that, you know what, maybe he wasn't ready. How many of us were ready to be at our best versions of ourselves at 22 and 23 years old i'm still not the best version you of myself i mean
0: i'm 31 you know i definitely know what you mean yeah
1: and like, like a guy like zach wilson again i'm not saying he, he's like a pro bowl guy he gets rushed out there last year and he's terrible right well you know what it's okay it's kind of normal that a guy who's in his first NFL season is not entirely ready. But see, what does Let that... Him sit behind somebody. What does that do to
0: a quarterback's psyche? That's what I'm saying. Such what, I mean, a mental thing. You're just, you know, so let's say I'm a rookie quarterback. I'm playing the first game of the year. Let's say I'm playing against, I don't know, let's pick a team, the Bengals, whatever. I know I'm going to get blitzed a, a bunch. And I know I'm going to have to get the ball out. And I know this is my first NFL game. I'm nervous already, you know. Yeah. I've got a whole playbook to think about, whether it's smaller or bigger or it doesn't matter. Um, or if we're calling all the plays or it, it doesn't matter. Either way... If I'm just out there and I'm 0-5 and, and I'm a rookie and, and, like, I'm a leader of a and team. And they see social media. And he, and they always say, you know, we don't we don't pay attention to newspapers. We don't pay attention to guys like us, you know.
1: Yeah.
0: Let's be honest. Right before bed, on your Twitter, oh, gosh, oh, gosh, oh, gosh. <laughs> don't do that, first of all. But you mentioned quarterbacks sitting uh, for some time before they get some starts, um, like Jordan Love.
1: Yeah, and that was a little longer than a normal. A longer.
0: Uh, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Eli yeah. Manning.
1: Yeah. I'm just like, throwing out I, I, some Donner examples. McNab you Donovan know? McNabb was a great example because he sat behind, ironically enough, Doug Peterson. How about that in Philly? Yeah. And I think the last maybe two games of that season they let him start. McNab. Yeah. And then he came out the next year and he was amazing. Little,
0: on, little on the job training, you know. That's and what I'm saying. It, just even
1: it doesn't have to be as long as like Love or Aaron Rodgers. Just like one year. Right. Learn from a veteran like. like Listen, I think Anthony Richardson with the Colts is going to be a very good quarterback, and he may do all right starting this year if he I know can he's injured. Yeah, not be concussed. But I was excited when they signed Gardner Minshew, not just because we love seeing that guy; he's a kook and all that. But and then what he got to learn from? No, honestly, and yeah. You go probably you won't be like a Super Bowl team. You might go eight and eight, nine and seven, or eight, you know, eight and nine, nine and eight. That's the new rules, right? In the Seventeen games. But you know, at least then Richardson, that mental part. And I'm not saying, like, bench the guy the whole year. And, and and listen, he may not be the best example because he's shown some flashes of how good he can be. Right. I just think in general, a lot of rookie and young quarterbacks are given up on way too soon. It's true. Because they're thrown into the fire. Some guys can handle it. That's great. But guess what? Not every Super Bowl-winning great quarterback is ready to go from day one. It's not a knock if you need six, eight, eight, ten. 17 games
0: there's nothing wrong with a little on-the-job training right nothing i mean but when i mean on the job training i mean not on the field just kind of like getting in a, you know in like garbage time you know holding the clipboard a little bit calling some plays reading some plays you know when and uh, i loved whenever aaron Rodgers got signed with the jets because that meant uh, it was unfortunate how it turned out but Dak wilson could have learned a lot from aaron rogers I, I mean schematically they're not very different they both like to run around a bit they both like to throw the ball a billion yards you know they both are kind of like a little bit of a flashier quarterback yeah then but and even just in training camp I, I, we talked about the hard knocks bump <laughs> a yeah bit, you yeah, know yeah. i mean and we saw that you know zach wilson was learning a bit from you know Aaron Rodgers and rogers and you know, things haven't gone exactly his way. But you know, by the other edge of that coin though, we see guys like CJ Stroud in Houston who but that being he said, he he looks great, but Houston didn't have any other options to go with other yeah, than you know and
1: some guys are different. Yeah. Some guys yeah. are just different. Yeah. I mean, you know, and and yeah. I again I don't think it applies to everybody, but this notion that a guy is washed up because he had one bad season plus a couple of games, like Zach Wilson is a guy that I'm not. you know, who knows? Could have a Geno Smith type career. Now, that was a little bit different. Geno did probably better than Zach as a rookie. I think so, yeah. But, like, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if a guy like that, and it's probably more uh, similar situations. You know, what? he's clearly not a starter right now. Right. But you know what? Maybe he sits somewhere, three, four years. Like and, like, let's say he goes to the Broncos and he sits under Russ, who's not – I'm not trying to say he's, like, the Paragon of QBs because he's not right now. But he's a good leader. He's, he's a, a good, good leader. communicator. Yeah. And, like, you could learn from a guy like that. Right. You know, and then, say, three, four years down the road, you're a totally different quarterback.
0: Right. And let's talk more about Gino and the conversation that him and Pete had. I mean – we know Gino's a confident guy. He still hasn't written anyone back yet. By the I way, love <laughs> I love that. You know, and it it says a lot that he has. I mean, I can imagine just the emotion that he has to feel walking back into MetLife Life on, on another team. I know he's not playing the Jets. Imagine if he was playing the Jets. Imagine, imagine that'd be nuts. Um, and just like in this New York, and he just kind of was like, yeah, this is it. Oh, I think I, he's, I think he's gonna go off. I yeah. think he's gonna have a huge game, a huge game. Not just because the Giants' secondary is like i said sub mid um but and i and i think that when you have dk metcalf and tyler lockett and also bobo bobo more
1: bobo bobo, more
0: bobo um coming on and we'll get jackson smith and the jig bug just kind of moving at some point because i i do think we'll see a lot of i we may have a 300 400 yard game from Geno smith yeah i'm and
1: optimistic I, about that we
0: talked about running the ball but i mean like just have to play to the opponent's weaknesses i feel sure. like sure i agree with that so. and
1: i think Gino is that guy that can really pick you apart now, right? And man, you know he keeps those receipts. Like. You
0: know, you just know it, you know. And I and you know, I'm saying all this about the Seahawks. So apparently, whoever makes the odds in Vegas. Not that I condone condone gambling. That's legal. That's legal. But you know, not that I'm, not that I'm a big gambler, sure. but. The Vegas Ozmakers have this game, you know, a little bit more even than than I'm thinking it's gonna and be. And
1: they're usually not that far off on those Th- things. They're not that far when off. When there's a when there's a line like that that it doesn't make a ton of sense on the surface, something's up and they're usually that's the ones they're right on. I don't know how it happens, but it happens.
0: I don't know how it happens. I don't know how it happens. And I but I will say this about the Giants. The Giants are a very well coached team. Yeah, Brian Dave. I mean, you have to you have to remember that this Giants team actually did make the playoffs last year and won a game on the road in Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. you know. So this is not. I'm 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 a Giants fan, so I'm automatically going to be hard on my team because I've been hurt before. <laughs> 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 and, and and also it's just that you know I expect I want this team I. I tweeted, you know, on my personal Twitter that this team can win twelve games. I still believe that. Now, the schedule makers have not done the Giants any favors. Really quickly, I know this is a Seahawks podcast, but I'm gonna tell you guys Go for it. what's happening. Um, the Giants play the Seahawks, the Dolphins, the Bills, the Commanders, the Jets, the Raiders, the Cowboys, and then the Commanders again. You're gonna win one game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not, I think so. I, I mean, I think so. Like I just don't I mean, I just don't understand. But um, I don't see the Giants winning this game.
1: No, I don't no, either. I don't, what I don't you, give me a score.
0: <sighs> the Giants... Uh It'll be a
1: 28-13 game, Seahawks. Yeah, we're in the same field. I was going to say 31-17. Yeah. 31-16, something like
0: that. I'm happy there's not a camera in here right now because you would see a tear coming from my eye saying
1: That's this. okay. but we, they would. They <laughs> That's okay. But they're <laughs> also missing out on your Philip Grubauer jersey. Hey, about.
0: you know, preseason, the shortest offseason in sports, I didn't realize how short it was. They're already playing preseason right now. Oh, yeah. And I feel like they just got done and, you know, crowning the Stanley Cup champions. I mean, it's, it's kind of nuts. But, yeah, there's a shortest great jersey. Off-season.
1: Kraken's gonna have a good year.
0: I'm wearing. This is the inaugural. Uh, got the inaugural pack,
1: patch. Yeah, right, you too. have to. Got you. Got to. It yeah, me. I remember. When, I remember when you bought that? We were all like excited on the opening night, and we were all wearing our Kraken jerseys in the studio. You,
0: me, Steve, and uh, Steve McCarran and Michelle Spahn. Yeah, busting out the. I wish I bought the white one.
1: I did actually for my you son did. before he was. My son was born. I want to say about six games yeah. into their team history, November sixth, twenty-one. There you go. And uh, five days before my birthday, if you're wondering. It's a great month to have a birthday. Apparently, exactly. I'm in February, but um i bought him the white jersey with our last name on it because uh, we were surprised boy or girl so we, we didn't have a boy's name picked out even and we're like oh crap here it is what right is his name? surprise and, um, but yeah so that's hanging in his room and mm. i've given thoughts to like you know like wearing it around town i'm like ah, it's his though
0: is but, it like an adult jersey or oh yeah it?
1: no it's the real deal it's got oh. an inaugural patch i put a captain c on it wow i got it 21 because that was the year when he
0: hits like 16 and 17 he's gonna oh probably that.
1: be throwback by then yeah Like sp- 20 something Yeah I don't
0: know There wouldn't be reverse retro It would just be retro Yeah regular We got a
1: reverse retro in here
0: Which is also a clean jersey too
1: It's got It says Como on the back Because yeah. it's cracking They're awesome
0: Speaking of jerseys I did bring in um, And you'll see this When we when you get out uh, Studio together I uh, brought in my uh, Cortez Kennedy Seahawks jersey It's a great jersey It's a great jersey It's with, from the 90s And we're gonna see And I don't exactly know When exactly the Seahawks are gonna wear That throwback jersey Oh uh, the Browns game The October Browns 29th, game October 29th Yeah What day?
1: October 29th Ooh it's coming up. It's, it's like coming a, up. It's like a month away basically. I've
0: seen people who are just like not into football jerseys and just been like I am
1: They're so cool. They're
0: just honestly they're the coolest jerseys I've ever seen. And I love them. Yeah, they're they're really they're awesome. I love them a lot. Yeah, I uh, I am a huge This whole fan city of them. is actually good for jerseys. I
1: love every color scheme of every team in this city. The lime green? Yeah, are you were talking about lime green Sounders? Well, the
0: lime green Hawks The all lime green.
1: Oh, yeah, no, I actually like action green. Really? I do. Action I green pants and action green That's greens? a little much. Okay. My favorite uniform combo they wear are the navy pants, action green jerseys, and navy helmets. You got, you got to
0: get the helmets. You know the Hawks are wearing. Yeah, yeah. You gotta yeah.
1: Like, like, the action green is cool, but like you don't need to be like blinding people. No,
0: yeah. you, We don't want sunglasses to watch <laughs> <laughs> the game. Yeah. You know? So uh, um, the Hawks are wearing white on white, by the way. This uh, this Monday. Yeah.
1: So we like. Yeah. That. And that is. Cool. And Bobby Wagner likes white on white. He told us today. Oh. Did un- you know? I hate that. <laughs> did you know Bobby Wagner had a small voiceover in the most recent Ninja Turtles? Was telling us about it at the press conference he gave this week. And he said he played, there's a a scene where Splinter Mm -hmm. uh, is like in the street and people are like yelling, he's not a rat. No, he's a rat. And Bobby's like one of those people on the street. He's like, that's no rat. (laughs) And he's like, it took like 10 minutes because it was like I nailed the first take and then they just had me do different versions and I left. I'm like, that's amazing. I love that. That's amazing.
0: Bobby Wagner, the voice actor. Yeah. I, I was going
1: to say, I was, uh, you got me thinking about that because Bobby loves the white on white combo and I think it's clean too. It's a clean look. Um, yeah. I think and that
0: game will also be on Como, by the way.
1: That game is on Como. Right Thanks after Como knows it. at four. Yeah. So that's what's really cool. And we got some cool coverage for you. Um, we're going to talk about a little bit about Bobby Wagner. Yeah. Uh, our Como four questions with him. We're doing a little bit of an in-depth look at Jake Bobo. Mm. Um, the notion that he's this guy who was undrafted not even the notion, the story that this guy was an undrafted rookie. Um, nobody picked him in 200-some-odd picks, right? Right. He arrives at rookie camp. He looks different. Well, that's rookie camp. He gets to mini camp. He looks different. Well, that's mini camp. He gets to the preseason. He looks different. Okay, well, it translates to a real game. And then he catches that touchdown against the Panthers. Now, like, So when I asked Pete Carroll about him, I was like, what is it about Bobo that makes him be able to rise to the occasion every time? He's like, well, you know, like – Right. You know, his one touchdown rises a little bit.
0: He had a um, hot preseason.
1: Yeah. So he was like, uh, you know, rise is a little bit strong. He wasn't he didn't shoot me down, but he's like rise is like a little bit strong of a word there. Um, but, you know, he, he certainly likes he, he said he's capable. You know, he's really comfortable with the role and he's comfortable with everything they ask of him. And he handles it really well. And to me, when you're talking about a rookie, we just talk about rookie quarterbacks. It's a different animal than being a rookie receiver. Right. But that's a rare trait in any rookie. I don't care if they're a quarterback or a receiver or a lineman, right? Um, so Jake's got something special. Um, you know, he's just, as Pete says, I'm going to read you as the direct quote, he's a very trustworthy guy, and we're leaning on him in that way. And, and that's a really high praise you can give for a rookie.
0: You know, and – An undrafted rookie. An undrafted rookie, who I also know is not – the fastest rookie
1: in the world no no he's just got a knack he's a gamer yeah he's got a knack for the game
0: you need guys like that who can just get in there and just game who can just catch who 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 can just ball oh it's so fun yeah Yeah. so
1: we got his story we got a lot more stuff it's going to be a great pre and post game show we'll bring you what pete Carroll's saying as it happens right after the game right on a special edition of como news at eight when the game ends and um you know it's just uh it's gonna be a lot of fun right um the last time a monday night seahawks game was on como
0: how about this I remember this. You already know this. Yeah. yeah.
1: Gino Smith and the Hawks beat Russell Wilson that first game of the season. Oof. And it was so surprising at the time. Almost. And not surprising that they won, but what, I thought I, they'd win that game. At the
0: time, I mean, But the fact that like how Gino they out-dueled Russ, yeah. Right, right. And just, I mean, it, what was surprising to me, the thing I will remember the most is how, and it's weird to say, how mixed the reaction was when Russ came back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was aggressively mixed, if that makes any sense. You know, just people were just—if you hate him, just ah—they would just like scream yeah. their heads off. And then the—but—but but also like—he's the, always he's hauling going downhill from the Broncos. Oh my from gosh, there. isn't that crazy? It's just—it's well, it's crazy.
1: You know what? For other teams, it's the Como curse. For the Seahawks, it's Como's good luck. And let's keep that going. What do you say?
0: Um, unfortunately, I will say sure. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I will also mention that the Seahawks are five and zero at the midlands, and you mentioned they include in the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: that's a great stat. Yeah, and I think they're going to start the season six and one. You think so? I do.
0: Just bam, bam, bam. The yeah, NFC yeah, West I is mean, difficult. It
1: might even be different. I mean, I think they're going to win this game. And then they're going to be four and one when they beat the Bengals on the road. Cardinals,
0: tough. yeah.
1: Cardinals and well, rounds I think they'll be. the Ravens. Certainly, they can't. There's no game on there. Then I'm like, eh, until you get to the Niners and the Cowboys and Eagles and all those guys. But, you know, Talk, I, I just don't want to go on a limb and be like, oh, they're going to be 8-1. The Ravens game on the road, the first game in September, November, that, that'll be, you know, they're, they're always a tough team, especially in, in Baltimore. But
0: Talk about a stretch of games, though. You go Ravens, Commanders, Rams, Niners, Cowboys, Niners again, Eagles. Yeah. That's nuts. That's crazy. That's, that's gonna nuts. Be,
1: that's going to be the stretch that it's going to be obviously insanely difficult. If you can get through it and still be in really good playoff position, whether that's division or wild card type stuff, right? Um, it's that's what's going to make this a a playoff team, maybe even something more special. Exactly, because
0: I mean, the Rams are coming on this year. The Niners, like I said before, my pick to win Super Bowl. I didn't really do a pick to win the Super Bowl, by the way, at the beginning of the year, but I do think the Niners. Are up there. Hard to pick against them. You it's know? hard to pick against them, honestly. But yeah, I, I, I think the Hawks have a good chance. I think they have a great chance. This, I'd be surprised if they don't look good against the Giants. We're not gonna say
1: my Super Bowl pick last year. So what was it? I thought it was gonna be Cardinals Chargers preseason. Okay, yeah, I shouldn't have asked you. Yeah, I thought sorry. you were my friend. I th- <laughs> <laughs> well last year I I, I picked Chargers Eagles. You basically were like Hector Nearest the Julio to me there. I know, I know. <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, how's what? So there's like. There was some altercations this past week. Yeah, in the um the Mariners Astros game.
1: It definitely was in the last game of the series. You know, um, Julio when he talked about it, he's still heated about this. Like the the day after, and you know, he's like, "I thought Naris was my friend." Scott Service said he used it as a teaching lesson. Like, hey, somebody who's your friend when the game's on is maybe not your friend even though baseball can be a little bit different, you see like a guy takes first base and they're like yucking it up with the first baseman. Yeah. Service said he actually had a good friend that he came up in the, in, into the bigs with and they had a, they started a brawl. Like they got in a fight with each other. Really? Yeah. And so he kind of let that gave that as a lesson to Julio, but Julio was like, I'm not looking forward to talking to him being nervous again. Meaning like now that he's like looking, not looking forward to like, Oh, like you don't look forward to a dentist appointment. Meaning like, like, you know, you know, never mind with that guy. Yeah. Like I'm done with this dude. And, uh, you know, he said, uh, you know, he, he alluded to the fact that Naris had reached out to apologize, and Julio was like, I'm not, I'm not touching that. It was just, it was so over the top. It was so unnecessary. Right. Naris strikes him out. And, you know, it, it, what was interesting to me is that some people online have, have referenced Julio's home run last year and thought that maybe he, like, overly celebrated. Julio, like, made it a point. He's like, I didn't do anything. He's like, I celebrated a home run the way anybody on our team or their team, like, that kind of thing. And... There, i didn't it, it was just the two weren't related
0: right the two weren't related but you have to realize also and i know julio has a lot of friends around the league and he may have been a friend if you are a seattle mariners player if i had a camera i would look at this camera right now and i would, <laughs> do, I would do a promo right now the astros are not our friends
1: we should make a sign of that they
0: have never been our friends they will never be our friends and i'm saying this as a yankee fan also by the way <laughs> No friends. No
1: friends. Nobody likes the Astros. No
0: one likes the Astros, except one of our co-workers, Mo Heider, who actually is from and Houston. Boss. And uh, Yeah. But but <laughs> the Astros are not our friends, you know. So just this notion, and we always see guys, you know, when they get, you know, when they uh, when they get walked, they walk to first base. First basemans, I believe, are the friendliest people on the team, first I of all. I agree. Because of that reason. But the ash. No one on the ash. There's no funny business. This is yeah. not. This is not a. This is not a jokey yuck yuck type thing. You know. And I love seeing a bit of spice coming from Julio. Oh yeah, one no, hundred. He's like. He's
1: like. You can't take that. He's like. You can't take that. In
0: the middle of a playoff, uh, hunt. You just need. I mean, I am of the era of, like, if you need to fight, you should fight. Oh, yeah. If you, it know? Was,
1: you know? I, I give Julio credit for not turning that into a fight. And I
0: give him credit for that. For, he's he's much point, better than me.
1: Yeah, well, sure. That's what I was going to say. Any, I actually tweeted this out. Any less of a man, it, that's a brawl. Punches, just suspension. I'm a very but less of a man. you know what? Julio <laughs> knows that it was a playoff push. His team needed him. He can't afford to be suspended.
0: He's a role model.
1: He's a role model, yeah. And he knows his team... Especially one that really is starred for offense needs his bat out there. Definitely so have the presence of mind to understand that. As a when young player, you got, when you're 22 years old, you got slighted. You want to like you want you want hit this guy probably. If
0: I'm if I'm Julio, I'm in King County right now. <laughs> <laughs> Still, if I'm 22, yeah. come on, like every, and and that just says and that speaks to the maturity of him, and even just when you spoke to him this week, just having. He just laid it out here and just kind of said exactly what happened and just kind of was like, but you know, me and him, it's splitsville. Yeah, that's it.
1: That's it. And uh, by the way, when you know, watch out next year when they play each other. There's oh, that's always a, something with the Mariners and Astros. There's
0: always something, and I can tell you that just well, the whole league has a thing against the Astros after the whole you know, yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, we won't mention it, but oh the, yeah,
1: Astros Twitter during that series. Okay, yeah, the Astros won. They swept. Remember, yeah. like the Astros account. Like, did, like, seven different things to, like, what, you know. Uh, what did they do? They did, like. These social
0: media accounts have gone crazy Oh, sometimes. yeah. Like, they did,
1: like, seven different tweets, like, taking shots at the Mariners after they won. You know. They were, like, you know, they played on, like, the see us rise. It was, like, see us rise. And it was, like, see you later. Oh. Or see us sweep. Or, I, I can't. I'm paraphrasing this point. But I remember it was multiple. Whereas one team might take a little bit of a shot, and that's fine at social media. They took several. It was, like, okay, like, we get it. You're, you're you know. You've been to sixth straight NLCS and you've won. Uh, I mean, they would go on to win the World Series. The Mariners' first time in 22 years. Like, act like you've been there. Right. Um, yeah, there's just something about it. Like, listen, and I think that it just shows I, I like Dusty Baker. I, like, I love I, Dusty. I, Baker. He, I think he's a great, great man and manager. I like. Um, you know, I like some of those players on that team. I, I think Justin Verlander is one of the best to do it. There's just something about when they lock up with the Mariners that just brings out this angst. Just a big, not just spiciness. because we like the Mariners, but because. They're the Astros. I don't know.
0: I don't know, but I just feel like when the Astros play anyone, there's just kind of a, a bit of a... And I guess this is good for a team to have. I would want a team to have a bit of a chippiness with yeah. them. Yeah. You know, but, you know, and you see this in baseball a lot. Honestly, I mean, uh, some other former Mariners players would have started a huge fight with him. Right. I'm not going to mention any names, so he's no longer with us. But I, I I, do believe that Julio is a better man than I would ever be.
1: <laughs> Julio, we, uh, you are in our... We should give an award every week.
0: We should. We should give, we should give superlatives.
1: Yeah. Um, our man of the week, because until we come up with a better name, is Julio Rodriguez. Man of the week. I like that. Man, man of, of the week, week yeah. Julio. We'll
0: see who it is next week. It may be a Seahawk. It can't give be
1: my... man of the week, because there's obviously going to be you know, athletes from all backgrounds and, and gender winning. But um, for right now, it's our Como This Sports... week's
0: Upstanding Citizen Award.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We'll come back with something better next week. Yeah, because that was not very good on my part. No, but, I, but for now, Naj, it works.
0: <laughs> I'll take it. But this week is Julio.
1: This week it's Julio. Yeah, we'll see who it is. This week it's the dogs winning big, and this week it's the hawks winning big. What do you say?
0: I say okay. We're good with it. <laughs> I I I say okay Can confidently. We get snacks yes. Next week we should get snacks. Are you hungry? What are you gonna get?
1: I got a bag of chips. Take my dinner. I've my, been
0: thinking I, intimately about Subway turkey sub you
1: lately. I it will be
0: fine. I'll make one at home.
1: My man, always a good time.
0: Love it. Love that it. That
1: was the Combo Sports Enzo. We'll see you next week, everybody.
0: Adios.